All right, Paul, you wanted to be introduced because we have multiple co-hosts on this show. And I mean, you're the main guy, but uh, you felt it would be good just to give a little intro uh, for the episode. I, so I am introduce the main yourself. Guy. Don't you forget that. <laughs> no, I just, it was an idea that popped into my mind because when people tune into, we talked about this, uh, obviously you have multiple co-hosts. Um, Justin and Celine, yes. we've got Teresa, uh, Ed and Mike have been on the show. So it's always good to know who, who you partnered up with for this particular, uh, for the particular episode that people are tuning in on. So, uh, for, for today's episode, it's Paul and Clark show. It is. I'm, I'm wanting to make sure everybody understands. This is Paul, Paul. We don't say last names or we try to avoid them, but Paul is joining me today from Whitby, Ontario, as co-host. So I hope that helps everybody who's wondering about who Paul is. Uh, he's certainly, if, if you, you may know Paul from such controversial topics as needles <laughs> in the park or Christmas lights. Yeah, we don't want people to say, ah, oh, that asshole, I'm going to turn this off now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they will. Well, they might not turn it off because they're, I think they tune in just to hear some of the crazy mm -hmm. things that you tend crazy to say. Things. So okay. <laughs> hopefully, I don't think I'm too controversial, but. It's always good to spark some good debate and to speak your mind. I'm sure people like to hear that. Hey, we talked about earlier having timers. We set up all these timers for our segments. This is a bit of a peek behind the technical curtain for those out there who may or may not care. But we've we've put a little timer on so that we are more brief and succinct with our topics. So did I just break that magic wall, that third wall between us and the audience by saying hey, that? I, I think um, our audience is going to be appreciative that we're not, uh, we're, we're trying to make a good effort not to ramble on and go off topic too much. Right. All right. Well, speaking of which, we have a few topics today. Uh, one is, uh, we're going to give a just an ever so slight update on the autonomous <laughs> vehicle, the bus in, in your neighborhood that uh, you have a quick update on. We're going to talk a little bit about this new lockdown that we're in. We're going to be brief about it. But I did something here uh, at my place to combat some of that lockdown blues that we're dealing with. We're also introducing a new segment, a word of the day, a word of the day. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a sec. Then into our main topics, you want to talk about gas money. Remember that when we were younger and we used to hear like, hey, man, you got to throw me some yeah, gas money. Yeah, I got a story on that one. <laughs> then we're going to talk about some tech talk, a couple of technical things in the technology industry. What I think are outdated tech things that still tend to show up every now and then. We will talk about my experience with the uh, the taxation. I'm not going to give their full name on on the air here because you never know who's scanning these things. These these bots out there that like to scan for stuff. But we're going to talk about the uh, the taxation services in Canada. My experience with them last week, and that we're we're also going to then we're going to talk about what we're watching, followed up by uh, some some weird news. Each of us has a story today. How does that sound? Sounds good. Lots of stuff on the agenda. So let's get to it. All right. So we've got, uh, you wanted to talk about a theme song. That was the first thing you'd actually want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, really. What's, what's your thinking on that? Well, You're, you really believe this show deserves I a theme song. I think we do deserve a theme song because, you know, you hear in a lot of other podcasts and a lot of radio shows, there's always like a theme song that kind of, uh, you know, sets it up, sets, sets the tone. As soon as you, you click on the podcast episode, you, you'll hear a, a, a distinctive theme song. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just an idea. And, you know, I think we can have some fun with this. And maybe if some of our listeners have some suggestions, they can, uh, by all means, they can offer some ideas as to what we can do for a theme song. But just, just a short little you know, jingle, like, yeah, a little, little, little whimsical ditty. jingle of maybe like 10, 15 seconds just to set things up and then something to... Oh, you jumped the gun there. So, <laughs> okay, we it's obvious we need to talk about our word of the day then. So, the word of the day today is... W whimsical. whimsical. And we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to being whimsical. All right. So, the idea here is we give a definition of this, which is whimsical, playfully quaint or fanciful especially in an appealing and amusing way, i.e. a whimsical sense of humor. And second definition, acting or behaving in a capricious manner, 
the whimsical arbitrariness of autocracy. What? That's the example they use here. I have no idea what the hell that is. If you're means. wondering why we're introducing the, the word of the day, is that uh, both Clark and I used to be members of Toastmasters. Anyone who's familiar with Toastmasters, uh, one of, well, I don't know if they still do it, but one of the things they used to do in their meetings is have a word of the day. And the objective would be to try to insert this word of the day within your speech or your, your table topic or whatever. If you happen to have a speaking role for that particular meeting is to, to try to interject this word of the day because it, it helps to, first of all, learn a word or use a word that you may not have heard about for quite some time more of an obscure yep. word. So yeah, if you hear us say whimsical, uh, you, you'll know why it's not because we are, uh, you know, come whimsical in our minds. It's just because we're, we're trying to challenge ourselves a little bit to this word of the day yep. uh, thing. All right. So whimsical and for our guests or sorry, and for our listeners, think about using whimsical during your Absolutely. day. Yeah. How can you insert this word into your work? your work day, your meetings. It's our personal challenge to you. All right, back to that theme song. The only challenge with theme songs is that you have licensing issues. So if we use like royalty uh, music that's royalty free, it's okay. But if it's like a pop song or something, a rap song, which I think <laughs> is song. probably suited for, I think a rap song would make a great theme song for <laughs> our, our podcast. So that's the only concern well, about theme songs. It can be songs. something very generic though. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a rocky theme or anything like that. It can just be like a, a, a standard sort of a, a, a jingle or something very generic just to set things up. All right. Well, let's give that some yeah. thought. If some listeners have some ideas around that, then uh, we're, we'd be all ears okay. for it. Okay. The autonomous vehicle. Give us the quick down and dirty on this bus what's what's happening okay so first of all i just want to promise that this will be the last update on this autonomous vehicle i don't want to keep ollie yeah i don't want to keep beating a dead horse because we've we've talked about this autonomous vehicle a couple of times here um so the reason why we're just bringing it up for the very last time here is just to sort of put a bow on this whole scenario here mm -hmm. um yep. the latest update is that the manufacturer of this autonomous vehicle, a company by the name of Local Motors. And it looks like it's a U.S. company. I think they're based out of Las Vegas. Um, anyway, a headline that I read here is that this company, Local Motors, would discontinue operations. So it looks like they are going out of business. So, uh, the well, this is on the heels of the fact that this had a, an act, they had an accident. In yeah. December, so as you know, of which the driver or attendant was ser seriously injured exactly, yeah. and there was an investigation and we actually have the results of that investigation too, right? Y yes. So apparently from what I understand is that the vehicle was put in manual mode. So it was actually driver error. Um, so yes, yep. the attendant on board was critically injured, but, um, from what I understand, he has recovered and he's going to be okay. He, he was released. And I want to just make the point as we have nine seconds left in this, that this guy or this vehicle, the accident occurred in manual mode. So stop bashing technology <laughs> folks. Yeah. This is coming automation, automated vehicles, autonomous vehicles. It's coming whether you like it or not. Don't bash it. The the guy the guy crashed it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't technology's fault. Plain and simple. We're glad he's better, but don't bash autonomous vehicles. They're coming. So it's interesting you say don't bash the autonomous vehicles because it's coming, because I don't know if it, well, I don't, don't know if it's coming according to this article here. Um Yeah, so this article is talking about this this Ollie shuttle. And it says here that quite a few of the quote unquote, the AV shuttle companies, there's another company called Optimus Ride. They actually discontinued their operations earlier this year as well. Um, but apparently this company in particular, this local motors um, has been, has seen declining sales. Um, part of the problem has been COVID because of, of, of COVID. A lot of people are not taking public transit options. So a lot of public transit departments have stopped funding mo mobility projects in favor of shoring up their finances and core operations. So yeah, a lot of municipalities, a lot of um, 
you know, a lot of uh, transit companies are not investing money in these automated shuttles. Um, so this incident that happened last month here in Whitby with the crash, that was, from what I understand, that was kind of the nail in the coffin for this company. Mm-hmm. Because I'm assuming that there's going to be probably some substantial litigation coming out of this. Um, and I think this was kind of like the last straw that I don't think they could continue operations anymore. Uh, well, certainly nothing whimsical about no, this at all. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. All right, we're breaking our promise. We said we were going to talk only for, I think, two minutes on this, and it's been like five <laughs> or something. So w- we are now officially putting the whimsical bus to, yeah, to bed. Yeah, so and like we're, that will be the last time we mention yeah, it. So the, the final... Uh, Final point in this story is that no more autonomous vehicle. I think it's dead, at least at least for now. Okay, uh, quick update. I built an ice rink again. This is my fifth year building the ice rink. It's in the backyard. It's. Uh, I was actually hoping to escape making it this year, but my family convinced me to do it, and I'm really glad I did. It's uh, minus 21, no, minus 19 right now here in Toronto. Perfect for an ice rink. And my son was out skating on it this morning. And yeah, it's it's so far so good. Nice. Yeah. No, it's it's good when you can take a take on those projects and add some fun to the winter because yeah, on days when you have minus 20 degrees, it's it can be a little depressing out there. Uh, so the fact that you have skating rink in the backyard is is nice. As you had mentioned before, we are in another lockdown here in Ontario, so a lot of the public yeah. skating rinks are closed. Um, the indoor ones, but there's a bunch of outdoor ones. That yeah, are open. so with with indoor public skating is is closed for now, and, and uh, hockey teams are f- are on hiatus. So to have that in your backyard, it's that's a nice thing to have. That way. Uh, Good for physical fitness, good for fun. Um, so, yeah, you, yeah, you're a good dad, Clark. And, Way to go. Well, th- thank you. And I'll, I'll just to, so people know, it's 20 feet by, no, sorry, 26 feet by 16 feet in size. Not massive, but it's good for, for kids. I installed it on Monday. It was uh, minus 21 on Monday, and then we had a couple of mild days, but that's okay because it, it was the nice foundation frozen on uh, Monday through Tuesday, and then we had a couple mild days, and now through this whole weekend, it's supposed to be like minus 15, 16, up to minus 21, so perfect. Okay, Paul, you wanted to talk about gas money, and I always think of gas money as something that goes back to high school maybe when everybody was first getting their car and you you know you were short on cash and gas money was kind of a thing if somebody drove then you would pay that person some throw throw me some gas money throw them some gas money that kind of stuff you want to talk about this today because i think it's something that's come up recently for you so what's going on yeah so yeah you're right in terms of introducing this the topic of of gas money you are correct in the sense that you know, when you when you do think of gas money, it's something that when you're a student in, in high school and, you know, you got your first car and you're scraping together money for gas. Um, but when you get to our age, we are above the age of 40, um, you typically don't really ask people for gas. And, you know, for me, I would only ask someone for gas if, let's say, we we're taking a long trip together. And even then it would be like, okay, I'll pay for a tank, you pay for a tank, that type of thing. Right. Um, yep. But yeah, the, the reason I brought this up is because my wife sort of had a, a bit of a interesting experience with this, um, with with a friend of hers, where I guess they had agreed to to get together to to go out for a drive. This was you know, a couple of months ago, and mm-hmm. you know, just just out for a drive for the afternoon, nothing nothing fancy. You know, maybe stop in at a few a few stores or whatever. But no specific. This is like an, yeah, outing, just an outing, like a day, a day yeah, trip somewhere. Just an outing, but but no errands. So anyway, well, but what it was errands? Well, no, what, it's not like my wife errands? said, "Oh, there's a place I need to go. Can you drive me?" That type of thing. This was just like, "Hey, let's get in the car and let's drive around and let's spend the afternoon together." Okay. And how long was the expectation of this? Like an afternoon? Yeah, or I think a full an afternoon, or? like maybe three hours or right. so. So yeah. what was weird about it is that there was sort of an indication of gas money. And I'm not sure. 
At what point? The beginning, the middle, the I, end? I think maybe around the beginning. And I'm not sure. I guess my wife kind of, I don't know if she volunteered to give or, or offered to give gas money. Uh, Out of the blue, she offered? or Yeah, maybe. But it's one of those things where it's like, you kind of throw it out there to say, "Hey, you know, do you want me? Do you want some gas money?" Thinking that the response would be, "No, no, no, don't worry about it." But when the response is, "Yeah, okay," it kind of takes you a little bit off guard to the point where they were almost expecting her to give give her gas money, which I thought was a bit weird. Well, I so I think it, it's a bit it, weird that she brought it up first, though. Are you sure she brought it up first? Yeah, like she. I, I guess she, she kind of mentioned it in, in some way, like, oh, do you, you know, thanks for, for the afternoon driving around. Do you want, do you want me to throw you some gas money or whatever? And they, instead of the response being, no, 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 don't worry about it, it was yes. Like, it, the, there were, the response was yes in terms of I would expect gas money, which I, mm. I thought was a bit odd. So, yeah, it's one of those things where, where you kind of throw it out there thinking that the person's going to say no. And if someone, like, for example, if you and I got together, drove around for the afternoon and said, hey, Paul, can I throw you some gas money? My response would be, no, don't worry about it. Well, my my thing is I would never but, offer that. Yeah. <laughs> I would. But it, it's... An afternoon out? Like, I wouldn't even think twice about yeah. it. Would you think twice about yeah. it? Yeah. Yes? Your answer no, is saying yes? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, like that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect someone to give me gas money. Like if okay, if you had called me up and, and for whatever reason you couldn't drive or whatever, and you said, "Hey, Paul, I've got a few errands to run. Do you mind driving me to these stores?" Then okay, then I can understand mm-hmm. someone saying, "Here, here's some gas money," or a little bit of an expectation to say, "You know, hey, you know, throw me ten dollars just because I, I I drove you around and and did some yeah. errands for you." Okay. You know, okay, that's my understandable. Take. If I did something to... Yeah, my take on this is the only What's time... Well, I'll give you my take. Gas money is only a factor. Well, two fact, two possible places it shows up as far as I'm concerned is if someone borrows my car, which occasionally does happen that... Uh, uh, my sister-in-law borrows our car now and then because it's a, a little bit bigger. It's an SUV, and they they sometimes have stuff they want to take to a, a you know storage unit or whatever. If they and it's a bit far away, it's like half an hour from here or something like that. And they borrow the car basically for an afternoon. They always bring it back filled at whatever it was before they left. In fact, I think yes. they might even yeah. fill it to the top just to, as a courtesy. They just fill the tank. When they come back, it's a full tank. And I don't even know if they mm-hmm. left with a full tank. But that's that I think is that's what I would do if I borrowed someone's car is yes, I would agree. I would replenish at least the gas I used, if not maybe top it right up or whatever, just because I'm thankful that they're lending me their vehicle. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, I think the long road trip thing, that's cool. I think, you know, we stop for gas, you fill up this time, I fill up the next time, like do a tandem. If there's three yeah, of and, us, and, we do that. That totally makes sense. Yeah, but and, to and go out on a we've day done that trip. Before. We've, yeah, we, you and I, we've taken some some road trips where yeah, you know, we take a long turn. Long trips to Windsor with, or yeah, Detroit or whatever. Yeah. But I think it is a bit odd from a, like we're going to, like you've driven, you've picked me up from the train a few times when we go see hockey games. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't imagine you to think that I should throw you, I mean, I appreciate you picked me up at the train and stuff, but to me, it's almost like part of the whole night. Like I come from half an hour away by train to see you. And, and at some point I'm going to drive you somewhere. I don't even think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just going to kind of work itself ask- out. Yeah, I would never ask you for gas money, nor would I ever expect it. And if you offered me gas money, I would say no, because what's the point in taking $10? Like, it's it really doesn't make any difference, especially if I'm in the car with you. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it just came across as something that comes across as being cheap. It's, let's face it. that that That's my sentiment on it. And it's just, you know, when you're taking, quote unquote, just a drive, it, it just, it comes across as being a bit cheap. When, All right, well, here's another when, thing when that comes... When there's the expectation for gas money. There's a little something that comes out of this as well, though, is that if if you offer something and you get... And someone says, okay, well, shouldn't you... Why bring up something if there's a chance that they're going to say okay, you know? Like, mm-hmm. 
it's kind of like paying for the tab, like when the, the bill comes and you say, you know what, let me get this. And someone says, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to me, when you when you make a statement like that, you should expect the answer could be yes and not be upset about it. Y- yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I see where you come in with that. Where Is that right. different we- than gas money? Maybe. Maybe, but no, you're right. If if you say, Hey, can I throw you some gas money? Yeah, then you're right, that person does have the right to say, Yes, as a matter of fact, I would like gas money. But it's it's one of those things where you ask a question thinking and expecting someone to say no, yeah, no, don't worry about it, no big deal, that type of thing. So when someone says yes, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll give you some well, gas money. It's it throw kinda, that out there. It creates some awkwardness, don't you think? Uh, it's a bit odd, but maybe if I knew the circumstances a little more. I mean, if you do have someone that maybe doesn't... Um, that, you know, is really watching the money and, and that sort of thing, then I think we should give those people a chance to, we should have some empathy for that. But uh, I think in a general scenario, it's a, it's a bit odd. And I would say it's something that you don't generally do at our age. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, to me, uh, something that's more of a high school kind of college yeah, sort of thing. You're right. Yeah. Like it, you, Yes, if someone who doesn't have a lot of money or a student, yeah, a half a tank of gas is a big deal to those people. Um, but we're talking about just people within our, I guess, circle of friends that don't really need the the money. You know, getting a ten, fifteen dollars, or twenty bucks in gas money is not going to make a big deal. So, anyway, I just bring it up because it it just seemed a bit odd. And yeah, if if any of our listeners have any stories or any thoughts on this, then uh, yeah, I'd be interested. I'd be interested here in a minute. You can email us at we talked about this ninety nine at gmail dot com. Always interested in feedback and thoughts on any of the topics that we talk about. This episode is brought to you by Pace Painting. Pace Painting serving all your painting needs, whether it's commercial or residential. Now, full disclosure, Pete is my brother-in-law, and I would recommend him to do work for anyone. He's done several jobs for us. We've always been satisfied. We've recommended him to friends and family. He's great. Email Peter at paintwithpace at gmail.com or visit his Facebook page at Pace Painting Inc. That's paintwithpace at gmail.com or visit his Facebook page, Pace Painting Inc. Okay, yesterday I called somebody, Paul, and I left them a voicemail. That word voicemail just is so foreign to me now. When's the last time you left someone a voicemail? Or maybe you... Do you leave people voicemails? I do, yeah. Um, I I, I do leave voicemails more so for for work. Um, You know, if I'm trying to get a hold of of someone to book... Would you leave a friend a voicemail? Um, usually I don't, because if it's a friend, I'll typically text them. Uh, it's easier yeah. just to send a text. Um, but yeah, voicemails is usually just for, for business purposes. Um, and even then, typically if I do leave a voicemail, I might follow up with an email just saying, Hey, I left you a voicemail and just a very brief synopsis of, of what it is that I'm asking about. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I ahead. called I called this friend and I called him last week and I didn't leave a voicemail. And then I called him back lo- just yesterday because I hadn't heard from him and I left a voicemail. He called me back within 2 minutes. And he said, "Hey, I don't answer calls. I don't know if I don't know the name." And I guess he didn't have my number stored in his phone or whatever. And he said, "But I heard I heard your voicemail or it came to him in a text format." So he said, "I read your your voicemail." And I called you right back. He says, I admit, I'm a screener, like a phone screener. And I'm a screener, too. I don't generally like to answer the f- numbers I don't know. I don't know how many times I miss out on interesting f- people calling me, probably yeah. hardly ever. But I'm the same it way just made well. me think, yeah, yeah, most people are screening their calls these well, days. Well, you, you but- have to because there's so many junk calls that come through, like a lot of scammers, you know, a lot of duck cleaning surfaces. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of bullshit phone calls that, that come across your phone in a typical day. So yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of screening as well. And, and my philosophy is that, you know, someone really wants to get a hold of me, they'll leave me a voicemail. So I, I, okay. I do. So check you my... do listen to them. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. If you get one, you'll listen. I yes. mean, I find many times where I see 
when I check my voicemail on the odd time I do, it'll say, you have six unheard messages. (laughs) No, no, I, I Uh, I do check my messages. Like, not every day, but if you do leave me a message, I will get back to you probably within 24 hours. Is voicemail a thing that's going away? Like, it'll eventually become obsolete? I don't know if it'll be obsolete, but it's definitely no longer as important as it used to be. You know, the old days where, you know, you would leave a message for someone, whether it's on their voicemail or with reception, and they would call in to get their messages. You know, these days, it's most stuff is done through email. I'd say like 90% through email, so... Yeah, it's interesting. I- interesting experience you had with with voicemail, but yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be completely obsolete. Yesterday, Paul, I concluded some business I had with the Canadian Taxation Services after I'll call it a, a bit of a saga over the last week and a half. I wanted to just quickly talk about a couple things that came up in my attempts to get information from the. Canadian Taxation Services. Um, first of all, when I called, you get the usual, thank you for calling. And I had to push five different, go through five different layers of prompts. If you want English, press one. If you want French, press two. If you want, there was five choices of things. Do you want information about how much you owe? Do you want to, you have a question about your recent tax form? Press two. It was like five things you choose from. You push one of those and then it's like, you're all, it it took me two minutes just to get through to the part where I'm actually going to now wait for somebody to, to talk to me. Well, when I got to that part, it was, if you would like the current hold time is a minute Sorry, is one and a half to two hours. Wow. (laughs) Would you like to hold? Press one. Or if you would like to be called back, push two. So I think I'm not waiting for an hour and a half. I'll push two. I pushed two and they said, thank you. Uh, Unfortunately, our queue times are completely full. Please call back again later. Oh, geez. <laughs> so I called back right away because I thought maybe I can get into the queue again. And I went through the whole thing. I mean, it was I was getting to the... And you can't ever push these buttons early. Like, you can't push one and then three and then five because you know all the menus that are coming because it, yeah. it'll stop you. The other interesting thing that came up was that when it said that I was going to be connected to an agent, they said, please be advised some of our agents will be using cell phones and the security of those conversations cannot be guaranteed Hmm, interesting and i'm supposed to accept that well i guess because they have a lot of people working from home but why would they be on their cell phones like they shouldn't be maybe that's all they have people have phones I guess so. Like CRA should give them a landline. Yeah, CRA Canada Revenue should be giving these people with a landline. If especially you know we're two years into a pandemic, I'm sure these people have been working from home for probably you know almost two years now. The fact that yeah, you're right. They're still using a cell phone to conduct company business. It seems a bit odd. Or personal cell phone. Yeah, like Like a personal cell phone. Give these people a secure way to communicate on very sensitive topics. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, I managed to get it down to a bit of a science where I... So, I had to call back at least seven or eight times because at one point it said, okay, you're in the hold uh, or you can now enter your name or your number and we'll call you back. And I actually, that was quite effective. When I finally was able to put myself in the queue, the first time they called back within like 10 minutes, the next time it was about an hour. But at least I didn't have to sit there listening to horrible hold music. Yeah, yeah right. But you think about it, how much time did you devote just to be able to get to a live person? Well, to conduct the like total, how, how many the, hours? The, the project itself took me probably two hours of either being on the phone talking to somebody or going through the process of trying to talk to somebody. So the actual time spent talking to a live person, how long was that? Oh, I'd say between the two times I I had to connect. Maybe 15 minutes each time. Okay. So, pretty much an hour and a half out of two hours then. 
was spent yeah. just trying to get a hold of a person. Yeah, the bulk of the time was definitely the trying to get connected to someone part. Yeah. Like, I realize it's one of those things where I'm sure every company says this, you know, we're short-staffed because of COVID and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But still, like, it, you know, it, you don't expect a government agency to be overly efficient. But no, that's true. But when you are taking an hour and a half of your time to be able to connect to, to live agents, that's uh, that's a real problem. I mean, maybe it's one of those things where they're hoping that people will just get fed up and go away. <laughs> oh, I think a lot of the stuff, they embed that sort of thing in there is to, to break people down so that they just get so worn out and tired that they just give up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure they get, oh, well, the other one, that the other thing that all of the, the in within those prompts, when you finally were about to get connected, they said, please note, foul language or harassment of our agents is not tolerated and and that i always think when i heard that i said geez these guys must get the crap beat out of them on oh, a regular yeah, basis yeah. yeah you son of a bitch do you realize how long i've been waiting for you <laughs> or you guys say i owe this much money how dare you 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 yeah. capricious assholes yeah <laughs> Yes, I, I I highly doubt they have very many whimsical phone calls from from customers. Anyway, I did get what I needed. No, no whimsy at all in this. Yeah. And try sometimes trying to find the humor is the best way to go. But uh, that was my experience with the revenue agency, and I got what I needed in the end. But it sure took a hell of a long time to get there. All right, we're moving into what we're watching. Feels like we're just whipping through this episode. You uh, you got something on, uh, oh, what, so not always what we're watching. We call the segment what we're watching, but it can certainly cover what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're listening to. Anything uh, interesting for you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mine is is what I'm watching. And it's not exactly a new item. Um, it's actually kind of uh, retro. Um, so over the Christmas holidays with... You know, with everyone sort of at slower pace, my son being off school, um, a couple of nights we kind of did like movie marathons. Mm -hmm. And we had the idea of doing um, a Rocky marathon, uh, the, the Rocky uh, boxing movies with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Uh, movies that I'd seen as a kid, but so, so many years ago that you kind of forget about them and, and you almost feels like you watch them for the first time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a couple of nights over the holidays, we did a, a Rocky Marathon, uh, numbers one through four, um, and we're, we're going to watch the others, so we're, we're, we're going to finish off, the, I believe there's eight movies in total, if you're including the more recent, uh, the, the two Creed movies. Oh, yeah, there's a Creed, and yeah. Yeah, Creed one and two, so yeah, eight movies in total, so yeah, we're going to finish them all, Um so, yeah, it was kind of a, a nice blast from the past and, and to have my son watch some, some old movies from the late 70s, early 80s. You know, it seems really vintage right now. And my wife and I, we actually decided to watch The Godfather. Not with my son in the room, by the way. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, The Godfather is one of those movies that, you know, was one of my uh, my wife's father, one of his favorite movies. And my wife wanted to kind of pay tribute to, to watching his favorite movie. Um, and it, you know, Godfather is a classic. It, it's obviously one of the best movies ever made. One might argue mm -hmm. the best. Um, but it's a movie that it's actually 50 years old, if you can believe that. And yeah, it's, it's one of those movies that I'm sure most people have seen it, but because it's been on TV so much, you've seen bits and pieces of it, but not yeah. from start to finish, all the way and through. And it's been spoofed a lot, so you see a lot of references in everything from The Simpsons to, you know, other sort of satirical things where you'll or people will use the the lines from was it Don Corleone? Um, yeah, like make him an I'm offer, use yeah, that type of thing. Exactly. So it's so, always referenced, but I I admit I've watched the movie once from front to back about 20 years ago but i i i that wedding scene is at the beginning there's a wedding scene yeah, yeah doesn't that seem to go on for about two hours uh the wedding scene is is long but there's there's various segments to it like it's not just all the entire wedding scene but 
Yeah, it, it's an important scene because it sort of sets up the 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 context for the rest of the movie. Um, but yeah, it, it really is a great movie. Like it, it, it truly is one of the best, and it holds up well. Like even though it's it's over fifty years old, um, you know, it's a fantastic movie to watch, and everyone should watch it at some point. Um, I want to watch yeah, it just, again. It's time. Yeah. But yeah, we we talk a lot about you know what new shows are out there and or you know what what's new that you're watching and and yeah this was kind of cool in that I'm I'm going retro circling back to to some of the old classics which should not be forgotten about it's uh sometimes it's nice to to put on a movie it um you know a good classic movie that you haven't seen in ages or or as i said something yeah. that you watched you know perhaps as as a kid and in your perception of that movie is completely changed or or something that you had forgotten about yeah, you have a different experience with movies uh, when I find you watched a movie at 20 and then you watch it again at 40 mm-hmm. or 50 or whatever. It's probably a different experience. You're you're seeing it through different eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, Rocky Four is one of your personal favorites. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe our, our listeners would like to know how many times you saw Rocky Four in the theaters there, Clark? Well, I yeah, I'd say it probably would rank. This is a time when movies, going to the movies wasn't didn't seem like as exp- as expensive as it used to be or as it is now I should say um I think I saw Rocky 4 in the theater at least 10 times wow <laughs> and that movie it's a during the cold war right yeah the 1985 US thing 1985 is released right it. in the heat of the cold war yeah uh, at least as f- in our age bracket mm-hmm. I mean the cold war was going on since you know world war 2 ended I guess but for me, that was it was really at that scary point where maybe there could be, you know, the the big bad Soviet Union was. We kind of grew up with that fear of the Soviet Union and nuclear war, and I guess other generations also kind of did too with Cuban Missile Crisis and things like that. But, um, but Rocky Four, one of my favorite movies, and and we should do something like that maybe one in one segment is a. Uh, the movies that influenced us or movies that made a real impact on us as kids. I think that would make a good segment. Yeah. Yeah. One of those movies that how many movies, one of those movies that you made multiple trips to the theater to see. Um, yeah. Because I don't know if I haven't really, I got to admit, there's not many movies out there that I'd made multiple trips to see in the theaters. So the fact that you went 10 times, it's like, wow, I was pretty impressed when I heard that. <laughs> Sometimes it was, what are we going to watch? What are we going to go see today? What are we going to do? And we just didn't know what else to see, so we picked it. That was part of the reason we went 10 times. But also, we loved the movie. Mike, who's been on the podcast, huge fan of that movie. And he probably went with me at least half the times that I went, if not all of the times. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, well, you didn't leave me any time to talk about what I'm watching. The segment chime is over. No, no, I want to hear what you got to say. Yeah, but we the segment time is over. It's okay. News and weather can wait. <laughs> okay, so I'll be brief. I watched Tony Robbins, a Tony Robbins documentary. It's on Netflix called "I'm Not Your Guru." I don't know if you've seen it as you're flicking by or uh, if if it's past your crossed your radar or not. But "I'm Not Your Guru." It's a Netflix documentary. And I really didn't know what to expect. Someone referenced it to me a little while ago, saying that they watched it and that it's interesting to see how the the people who uh, do the shows that Tony Robbins does, like the, his um, this one was Date with Destiny, I believe is the name of the thing he does once a year, I believe in Boca Raton. And there's a documentary crew that follows the six day event that takes place. I was a little surprised. I thought it was one of these sort of undercover exposés, but it was actually, it seems like Tony Robbins kind of hired a documentary crew to profile one of his date with destinies. So it was interesting to see it. Some of the conversations and topics, like he'll go out, he'll stand on stage and have 2,500 people in a room and He'll then come into the audience occasionally and and do what he I think they're called interventions or something like that where he'll say all right who's got something going on in their life they want that that we want to talk about and and then he'll pick somebody he'll say how about how about you ma'am and this woman stands up I'll just give this one quick example she stands up and she says well 
you know, I'm not sure I'm with my husband or my boyfriend and I, I've been really mean to him lately because I just don't think he's been taking charge enough and I've been I've been like bossing him around and I'm really resenting it. And, and Tony Robbins says, can everybody tell here? This woman doesn't even really want to be with this this man, does she? And says, I want you to take out your cell phone. And so she he pulls she pulls the phone out and she's like, oh, no. He says, I want you to call this man right now. And, so, and she's like, no. And everyone's gasping. And so she dials the phone and you can hear it. He's like, hello, babe. Like, uh, babe, uh, uh, yeah, it's not working anymore. I, I, I don't think we can continue this relationship. And everybody's just listening in on it. It's super awkward. And that's just one example of the kind of interventions that that goes on in this thing. And it's very interesting. I'd say the documentary, I'd rate a 6 out of 10, maybe 7. Um, I'm interested in this kind of stuff. As you know, I'm in the coaching realm, so I like watching what different styles of coaching are like. He's definitely on the provocative end. But it's worth watching, I think, to get an idea of what goes on in these Tony Robbins shows or, or Tony Robbins you know, date with destiny or whatever he puts on. But yeah. It makes you wonder if, if, if these things are staged, you know, that the phone call with her husband, I wonder if that's staged. I don't know. Yeah. There is a, a feel, it didn't feel like it was, but to me, if I was the person I was, I would just be like, there's no way I'm going to put this on. I mean, she knew she was being filmed. I'm sure. Um, her face wasn't blurred or anything. The guy's voice was heard. So I imagine there was some permission that was taken at the end um, that said, you know, we're going to put this in a documentary. Are you okay with it? And she signed off on it. But there, that's just one of numerous things that go on. In the end, would I go to a date with Destiny with Tony Robbins? I think I would. I actually, I, I, it's, it's something I think I would do. So that's my what, what I'm watching or what I was watching. I, I, I think it's worth worth checking out. You're giving me that look like I'm bored of this. No. <laughs> um, Paul, you've got weird news for us. What do you what's what's uh, what do you got there? Yeah, there was a headline that kind of jumped out at me because it seems so absurd. Um, the headline was that a woman basically flashed her breasts at a motocross event in LA and was booed and thrown drinks at. So this was... All right, you're saying that very softly, like you don't want... You're a little embarrassed. Can you repeat, start... Open that segment again. What What's the weird news uh, item so you have the, for So the us headline here? was that a woman flashed her breasts at a motocross event in LA. She was booed and thrown drinks at. Ugh, so that, okay. that that's your headline right there. So automatically, you got to click on that and say, what the heck is going on here? You got clickbaited. <laughs> yeah, probably. So no, this was an actual real event. Um, happened a couple of weeks ago in LA. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, this woman basically flashed herself. I guess she was on, I, I don't think she was on like a jumbotron, but she was just kind of in the crowd flashing her breasts to, to people in the stands and stuff like that. She must have been heavily inebriated would be my guess yeah but anyway it uh it created a, a big sort of a, a fight in the stands because a lot of people came over to her a lot of women were, were basically pissed off the fact that this was quote-unquote a family-friendly event and here she was you know exposing herself when there's kids in the crowd which okay i can sort of understand that um but yeah apparently this really started to um you know, get pretty ugly where people were challenging her to a fight and people throwing stuff at her. And I think eventually security had to remove her from the building. But yeah, it was just, it's one of those things where it just one of those uh, crazy headlines that just kind of grabs your attention there. Um, I don't know. I will say this, you know, going to a motocross event, although I haven't been to one myself, um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't exactly call it a, an upper crust high society event. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of drunk, inebriated people, a lot of people probably behaving badly. You know, if I'm bringing my son to a motocross event, I'm not, ex I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see that type of thing. Um, yeah. Well, that's awfully judgy of you. Maybe it is, but it's probably the truth. <laughs> 
I don't yeah, know. What do you think about that? Monster truck rallies and, we, and motocross. Yeah, are, if you're to, if you're to bring your, your kids to a, a motocross, you know, monster truck rally, um, you know, would you be outraged if you were to see something like that? I don't think I would expect to see something like that. I think that would be surprising to me if if it happened. Um, Maybe that's because if I was watching it here in Toronto, I I think it would be less apt to be that crazy. But I full disclosure, I've never gone to a, a big a monster truck rally or a motocross event, so I don't know what kind of crowd it it would generate here in Toronto. Okay, well, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you clearly fell for the for for the I for did. That. I, I stooped Just pretty low on resist. that one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this news story, it's um it's an old one. This one happened back in 2019, but uh no, actually it was in 2007, but there was an article that uh recently brought it to light. Um in a 2000 in 2007, violist jo- violinist Joshua Bell went busking in an experiment to see if the public would recognize one of the finest talents in the classical world. It did not work out like that. So this guy, renowned violinist Joshua Bell, was asked by, I think it was the Washington Post, to go down to um, down to the subway in Washington and, and play music like a busker would in a, in a subway. And it was an experiment to see who would notice him, would, would people stop and listen, and how much money would he make? He put a he put a uh, his violin case out, threw a couple bucks in it, I guess, to show that that it was for tipping. And out of the thousand and ninety seven people that passed by, only twenty seven gave him money, and only seven actually stopped and listened for any length of time. I'm going to challenge you. How much do you think he made? In his, uh, how long was he there for? Uh, I think it was 45 minutes. Let's see. No, I don't see the time. I think it was 40 minutes he was there. How much money do you think he made? Okay, so 27 people gave money. Yeah, Um, that helps you a little bit, I guess. I don't know, maybe $30, $40? He actually made $52. Okay. And $20 of that was from one person who did recognize him. Hmm. So actually that, that lends more support to what you said, which um, it was $32 if not for the $20 donation. So right. You're right in there. But uh, I don't know. What do you think of that? Like, what does that mean? Why does this renowned violinist not have like a thousand people around him when apparently the night before he played to an audience of 3000 people who, you know, you could hear a pin drop. It was such a important event that people Mm -hmm. wanted to listen to. So why, why only 27 people stop and watch this guy or gave him money and only, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. Hardly anyone stopped 27 gave him money and seven stopped to listen for any length of time. Like you are in a subway station. So, you know, a lot of people just aren't in the right frame of mind to be appreciating, you know, good music. Um, you know, people are commuting, they're trying to get home or get to the office, whatever it might be. So, yeah, people aren't really going to be sort of in tune to, to listening to that. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I, I guess people just think that he just happens to be a really good amateur violinist. Um, you would not expect to have, you know, an award-winning professional violinist playing in in a subway station. So a lot of people. But if, if would, Coldplay would, was in the in the lobby and playing, no one would expect yeah, them well, to be okay, there. If, but if you were from that world, if you were familiar with that artist, then if you say, "Hey, that's you know Joshua mm. Bell," or "Hey, that's Chris Martin from Coldplay," you know, in the subway station, yeah, you would stop and listen. Um, but a lot of people, if, if let's say Chris Martin was playing in a disguise and you just thought it was some regular band that was playing in a subway station, you'd say, wow, those guys sound like Coldplay and you'd probably just keep walking on and because I got to get to my meeting. 
Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I think if you, it was at like eight forty-five in the morning, yeah, by the way, exactly. too. So people were rushing to work and stuff. For sure. So if if you knew who that person was, if there's a sign saying, you know, award-winning violinist Joshua Bell, you probably would have a lot more people that would stop yeah. and listen and say, oh wow, you know, this guy's something. Um, so I think two things come into effect. One is context. The context that this guy is in a in a subway station, and so the and there's no reference to him or his name at all, and people are on their way to work. So his the context of him just automatically creates a you know there's not any fanfare around it. So why would people really get it? Like you said, it just could have been a really good guy, a busker, and and if you're not a classical music person, you might also not be interested. Which is the second reason I think as well he would not have had much attention because that genre of music may only attract a certain type of crowd to, to want to stop and listen. Yeah, because a lot of people may not be familiar with Joshua Bell or, or may not be familiar with with being able to discern as to what makes good music, especially, you know, for the violin, um, you know, classical music. It's it's more of a, of a select... Um, segment of the population that would appreciate the, yeah. um, the the skill that he would have in playing the violin. Uh, but the majority of the people walking by would probably think, hey, wow, that guy sounds pretty cool. You know, hey, good job. So he wow. went in. And just yeah, keep walking so it, and say, man, I got to get to my meeting or I'm going to be late. Um, so in 2007, he did this. But then he apparently there's a sequel. In 2014, he went back. But this time his appearance was announced. Mm-hmm. And they had signs up and a stage and it and thousands of people or well, it gathered quite a crowd, yeah. like a lot of uh, people gathered around and, and watched it and, and it was a big deal. So anyway, I just thought that was an, it was an old story, but an interesting one, how context and, and that sort of thing can one day the night before make you pay $200 a ticket to see something and, and the next day you're v- barely noticed. Yeah, so in other words, the moral of the story is don't pay 200 bucks for a ticket. Wait till your your act goes to the subway station, bring a lawn chair, and then you get the concert for free, right? <laughs> or $20 if you were one generous yes, fan. absolutely. Okay, we got to go. Um, it's been a good one. We This is the, actually the first episode since in 2022 that we that we've broadcast. We This is our first 2022 it episode, is, yes. episode 66, I think it is. Yep. Yep. So, well, yeah, we're we're hoping for uh, bigger and better things for 2022. Hopefully, it's a whimsical year and uh, many more uh, really good episodes to come. Nothing better than a year full of whimsy. Absolutely.